Hey Church Online, thanks for joining us today. You know, have you ever tried to build something with the wrong tools? Now, before I proceed, I, I gotta admit, I'm speaking out of my expertise. I am not a handy guy. Uh, if you go to our church office, most of the recent big furniture has been built by our office assistant, Hannah. Uh, but I have had to build and fix a few things in my life, and I've stripped a screw more than a few times uh, because I had the wrong tool, which only makes more of a mess. Having the right tool makes a huge difference. Right now, we are currently going through the book of Jonah, and it's teaching us to deal with the messes in our life, the messiness that is present even when we follow God. In fact, the truth is God has chosen to use messiness as part of the process to save the world. Proverbs 14.4 says, Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. One thing this teaches us is God has not excluded messiness from his mission. Just as oxen who make a poopy mess in the stable are necessary for the harvest, if we compare the stable to the church, God can call us and have us participate in the harvest knowing full well that we are going to bring a sinful mess into his house. Therefore, while we do not value our sinful mess, we should expect it because God expects it. And we should remember that God uses it. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And Jonah is a perfect example of this. Jonah is a true prophet of God. God calls Jonah to bring forth a harvest, but Jonah runs instead. He creates a mess. Now, many of the lessons that we are going to learn from Jonah are going to come from the negative, meaning we're going to learn what not to do. Jonah is spiritually immature. And in this book, he rarely makes good choices. However, Jonah is still a legit prophet. And there are positive things we can learn from him too. In fact, Jonah is going to use a powerful biblical tool to fix his mess. And it's a tool that the church has forgotten or maybe never learned. And it's the process of biblical lament. You know, the dictionary defines lament as a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, or an expression of regret or disappointment or complaint. And some of us are like complaining, I already got that tool in my belt. In fact, that might be my spiritual gift. And it's true, according to the dictionary, most of us do not need help learning how to lament. And as a side note, I personally believe we live in a world that is deeply lamenting, even if we don't call it that. There is deep sorrow, deep regret, deep disappointment, and a complaining spirit. I believe this may account for some of our current mental health problems. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something that, that might be a little challenging, but please hear me. I, I think some of our mental problems, both in and out of the church, are connected to spiritual immaturity. Yes, there are times when there is a, a physical or trauma-induced issue that impacts our mental health, and that's different. But there also exists a mental brokenness, a mess, because we 
need to spiritually grow up. And I believe this because the Bible connects our spiritual maturity to our mental health, to our thinking. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, our thinking directly affects our transformation, our spiritual maturity. And if we find ourselves perpetually existing in the land of lament, it likely reveals immaturity. But that's where biblical lament comes in. You know, this this kind of lament is different than what the dictionary says. Biblical lament is the pathway from pain to praise. They are similar in that both acknowledge the mess in our lives. The difference is dictionary lament stops and sits in the pain. Biblical lament moves forward towards hope and spiritual maturity. And this is the tool that we need to recover in the church or maybe learn for the first time. This is the tool that myself and my life group recently learned as we studied the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And in this book, the author shares the four steps of biblical lament, which are number one, turning to God in prayer. Number two, complaining. And again, some of us are going to be good at this. Number three, asking boldly, and then four, trusting God. This process is used in the Psalms, in the Book of Lamentations, and other scriptures. And when we find ourselves in a painful mess, biblical lament walks us through these four steps, and eventually we arrive at a position of praise. Biblical lament is a tool for dealing with our messy brokenness, and transforming our thinking, and growing spiritual maturity. And it's a process that Jonah, this broken, poopy, messy prophet, it's a process that he knew. Check it out. Now, just before we jump into the text, some context. God's asked Jonah to go and preach to the wicked city of Nineveh. Jonah runs away instead and sails off to what's likely Spain. While Jonah is sleeping in the ship, God sends a supernatural storm to get his attention. And then the pagan, that is those who did not believe in the God of the Bible, the unbelieving sailors discover this is all Jonah's fault. And they ask, how do we get right with God? And Jonah tells them to throw him overboard. And they do. And the storm stops. And then the sailors, they worship God. And now Jonah, allowing himself to be thrown into the sea, which was certain death, was a form that this was a form of repentance. He was turning away from his sin since as a prophet of God, he was aware that his sin deserved death. But God's grace sent a giant fish to swallow and save Jonah. And it's at this point that we continue. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. Jonah's spiritual immaturity created a huge mess. He's run from God. He's been thrown into the stormy seas, and now he's in the depth 
of the ocean in the belly of a giant fish. And it's this picture of a downward spiral of spiritual shame. And in Jonah's mind, it can't get any worse. He's in Sheol. He's in the realm of the dead. He might as well be in the grave. And yet, there's still hope with Jonah. Maybe in a moment of a, of, of a last second desperation, Jonah pulls out a tool that might help him in his mess. He pulls out biblical lament. And the first step of lament is to turn to God in prayer. And this might uh, see, be an opportune time to remind you of a major purpose that we find here in the book of Jonah. This book is intended to be a spiritual mirror. We're supposed to read it and ask the question, is this me? And maybe today you feel like Jonah. You are at your lowest point and, and maybe nobody even knows it. And maybe you've been stuck there for a while and you've tried everything but nothing's worked and you're trapped in darkness. And if so, know this, that if you have breath, you still have hope. It's not over. Do what Jonah did. Turn to God in prayer. Now, that seems like a simple step, but how often do we skip it? And so let's talk about that. Why do we refuse to turn to God in prayer? Well, I have four reasons. Number one, maybe because of shame. For whatever reason, we believe our mess has disqualified us from receiving God's help. We've messed up too many times or what we did the last time crossed the line and there's no way that God is going to help us now. So why bother? A second reason is ignorance. Maybe we simply do not know that we can go to God in prayer. The God that maybe we've heard about isn't personal, or in our day, the day that we live in, it's, it, it's not unheard of for people to not know anything about God, and so it could be ignorance. Number three, a third reason is distraction. You know, we have access to a million different resources, a million worldly tools, all promising to fix our problems. More money, better entertainment, stronger pills, another vacation, a different relationship, additional counseling. Some of these things are helpful, but they've also kept us from turning to God in prayer. And that ties in with the fourth thing. Fourth reason we may not turn to God in prayer is simple rebellion. We haven't turned to God because we'd rather run. We want the relief. We want help, just not from him. And so we remain in darkness and despair. But Jonah teaches us, again, if we have breath, we have hope. And we can still turn to God in prayer. And so let me ask, do you need to cry out to the Lord from your current place of darkness? Let me encourage you, turn to him. He will hear your voice. Verse three goes on to say, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Let me ask, as we read that verse, who cast Jonah into the deep? Who sent the waves to crash over his head? According to Jonah, it's the Lord. 
Jonah has stepped into step two of the biblical lament process. He's pointing to God and saying, you did this. If you will, he's complaining to God. All right, all of you who are who have the, the spiritual gift of complaining, now it's your chance to shine. By the way, just to be clear, I'm being sarcastic. The Holy Spirit does not give us the gift of complaining. Uh, in, in fact, the Bible says, do everything without complaining. And so why am I now saying it's okay to complain? Well, it's because this is a different type of complaint. And this is not whining to other people about how you're not getting your way, nor is it complaining just to complain. Step two of the biblical lament process is biblically complaining. In other words, it's honestly sharing your pain and confusion with God. Not to sit in the darkness, but in hopes of stepping out of it. And that's different than normal complaining, right? Typically, we complain and then we just want to sit there in the darkness. You know, that's childish. That's spiritual immaturity. Biblical complaining is spiritually mature in that it's an action of confessing our difficult circumstances to the God who we know can help us. And that's what Jonah does. And he continues to do in verse four, where it says, then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The water closed in over me to take my life, the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought, me my, you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Jonah honestly complains about his mess and painful circumstances. And when we find ourselves in similar circumstances, similar darkness, maybe because of our own spiritual immaturity, turning to God in prayer and then complaining can help us. And know this, God can handle our complaints. He's not surprised. He already knows. Now, we aren't to be disrespectful as we complain. Rather, we complain as a way to say, God, this is painful. This is messy. This hurts. And, and I don't understand. And I'm complaining to you. I'm posturing my heart towards you because you are the only one who can help. When was the last time that you complained to God? I mean, go ahead. Do it now. I mean, stop whatever you're doing and pray and complain to God. He can handle it. But maybe you're still feeling a little uncomfortable with this step, with complaining to God. Well, here's a helpful tip. Find a psalm of lament and then pray it as your own. Because this is going to ensure that your complaint remains biblical. For example, Psalm 3 is known as a lament and uses these words for the complaining step. It says, Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. You know, we could use this as a prayerful complaint. We could say it like this, God, I am completely overwhelmed. Everyone is against me. Where are you? I'm doubting whether you love me or will ever save me. We don't complain to stay in the darkness. 
but to further walk down the path towards prey. And we begin to see this happen. We begin to see Jonah not just complain, but move farther down the path. When Jonah says, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. He's complaining. But then he says this. He says, yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. It's given us the sense that things are changing. He's not sitting there in that, in, in that land, but he's moving forward. Things are moving forward because of this tool. And that brings us to step three of biblical lament. And that's ask boldly. Verse seven says, when my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Jonah has hit rock bottom. Humanly speaking, it's over. Death is moments away, but the prophet remembers the Lord. And in his final moments, he boldly prayed for deliverance. And let me tell you why it's bold. You know, boldness is more than just courage and confidence. Boldness also describes the audacity to ask God for help, even though you don't deserve it. Because Jonah deserves to die, yet he asks God to save him. And that's bold, especially since all of this, where he is at, it's all his fault. And I'm wondering if that's you today. Do you need to ask boldly for God to help you, even though you don't deserve it? Even though the mess that you are in is definitely your fault? If that's so, be encouraged and ask boldly. And what Jonah's lament shows us that even in the depths of our depravity, we can be confident that our bold prayers will instantly ascend the immeasurable distance between our present darkness and God's holy heavenly temple. And here's something else that should add to our confidence in prayer. Because unlike Jonah, we are reading this event and we are, are, are able to see this kind of thing after Jesus has already rose from the dead. Because Jesus, he changes, he changes everything for the better. We ask now knowing that God wants to save us. And how do we know that? Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And Romans 8 reminds us that since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything else? Today, you can ask boldly of God, knowing he wants to save you. Because of Jesus, we can, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in help, to help in our time of need. Furthermore, here's an additional tip that I learned, that we, my life group learned, as we went through the book Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And it's this principle. Boldness begets boldness, meaning you should not just personally lament. I know you, you, you want to keep all of your problems private. I know that sometimes we kind of uh, incorrectly advocate for that in, in our current culture. But you should also lament in community because it's in community 
that we find people gifted in prayer and faith. And when they lament with us, because they should, the Bible says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We should lament with those who lament. When when that happens, when those gifted people surround us and then they begin to ask boldly for us, what's going to happen is that their boldness is going to increase our boldness. Their faith will grow our faith. You know, Jonah was alone, but we don't need to be. And if you're part of the River Church, Let me just encourage you, if you haven't already, join a life group. Come to a men's or women's breakfast. Find people in your community who can walk with you in your mess because their boldness turns the biblical tool of lament into a power tool. Now we arrive at the fourth and final step. Verse 8 says, Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with a voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. The final step is to trust God. In other words, the final step of lament is to put your faith in God, to believe God, to trust him according to his promises. Jonah ran from God, but now He's walking through the steps of biblical lament. And as he arrives at that final step, he declares, God will save me. Remember, at this point, he's still in the belly of the fish. Nothing circumstantially has changed. Darkness still surrounds him, but he trusts God. That's faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Jonah can't see anything, but he believes God will save him because that's what God's promised to do. That's faith. Now consider this. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. This final step, it requires something from us. It requires that we hear God's word. Because you can't believe what you don't hear, what you don't know. If you are in a spiritual mess and you desire to use this amazing tool of biblical lament, you need to get into God's word. God's word is what's going to help you trust God. And I think we even see that in Jonah's lament. Because, you know, in verse 4, Jonah prayed, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. And then in verse 7, he prays, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Do you know what inspired these prayers? I, I think these prayers came from God's word because they sound exactly like the words that Solomon prayed when he dedicated the first temple. Let me read that passage to you. 1 Kings chapter 8 says, Nevertheless, this is Solomon praying, Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea, O Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said my name will be there. May you always hear the prayer I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request that from me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live. And when you hear, forgive. Jonah was familiar with Solomon's prayer. 
He knew the promise that it contained, that no matter where he was or what he had done, if he would turn towards the temple and pray to the Lord, God promised to hear him and save him. God's word helped Jonah to trust God. And that's why you need to read your Bible. God's word gives you faith. And it's your faith that brings forth God's salvation, just as it did for Jonah. Because in verse 10, it says, The Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. God saved Jonah out of his spiritual mess. Jonah was in the darkest pit, and biblical lament brought forth a resurrection. And this is the power of lament. Lent. Lament is a path that ultimately leads us to the resurrection of Jesus, the greatest hope, the greatest fix for our greatest problem. And Jesus himself shows us this. When we were dead in our sins, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And on the cross, as Jesus was paying the price for our sins, for our mess, Jesus says this, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He quotes Psalm 22, which is a psalm of lament. In between the cross and resurrection is a biblical lament. Jesus shows us that lament is a faithful path from, from pain to praise, because he's quoting a psalm of lament. Therefore, we need to stop running to spiritually immature, unbiblical attempts to fix our pain. They cannot help us, and they are the wrong tool for the job. But God has given us an excellent tool. Jesus said, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. It will be painful and messy because this world is broken. But he says, take heart because I have overcome the world. And biblical lament is how we can take heart. It's the path between our pain and the victory found in Jesus. And so as we close, let me ask, do you need to lament today? Well, if so, remember these four steps. Number one, turn to God in prayer. Don't ignore your pain, but don't ignore God either. Number two, complain. And remember, God can handle your complaints. He already knows them anyways. And if you need help biblically complaining, use a psalm of lament as a scriptural guide. Number three, ask boldly. And when you do, remember, because of Jesus, we can confidently ask, because God has already proven through Jesus that he wants to save us. And number four, trust God. Put your faith in Jesus. And we best learn to trust God by knowing his promises, which means we got to read our Bibles. I believe God wants to radically change our community here in New England. I believe he wants to use us, our church, to do that. But in order for that to happen, we got to spiritually grow up. We need to deal with the mess in the stable so we can experience the harvest in the fields. And biblical lament is a faithful path between the two. Lament leads us into the arms of Jesus where we will flourish forever. Finally, if you want to learn more about lament, pick up the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Let's pray. Father, we are broken and we need your help. We've tried so many things and we're still in pain. 
We feel like the woman who had the blood flow for 12 years and spent her entire life savings trying to find a cure. But it was only when she was willing to put her faith in you that she was saved. And so today we turn to you and we complain. We ask boldly and then we trust you. We trust you, Jesus, because we know salvation belongs to you. And so it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for Church Online. If this was your first time, please fill out a Connect card. We would love to say hi to you, even send you a gift. Also, if you have any prayer requests, would like to know more about the River Church, or if you have decided to put your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. There's an easy way to do that on our website, riverchurchct.com, or if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can follow the links in the comments below, or you can text the keyword TRC Connect to 94,000. God bless you. Have a great day.